The college football playoff heads to an all-SEC national championship game. The NFL playoffs kick off with wildcard weekend, plus a look way ahead towards the NFL draft. It's the right amount of sports for the middle of your week. I'm Pete Brown, and this is Sports Wednesday. Hello again, everybody. And if you're a medium fan, as opposed to being a huge fan, then this is the podcast for you. Joining me, as always, is basketball legend Matt Longley. Coach, are you there? I'm here. I'm ready to go. Nice. What do you think of the new intro? I love the new intro. Nice play on those two. The sound effects, well played. Very yeah, well played. Thanks. Perfectly. Yep, we'll get this figured out sooner or later. Okay, so let's uh, let's start. We both, I know, we're up late watching both college football playoff games. Uh, first, there was Georgia Oklahoma, which was a fantastic game. Georgia won in double overtime. Really, a tale of two halves, as I saw it. Right, Oklahoma really controlled the first half, and Georgia controlled the second half. And I, and I know Oklahoma tied it up with sort of that freak fumble recovery, but um, it was pretty clear about midway through the third quarter that Georgia Georgia was just. They were doing whatever they had to do to win. I think you had called that. You thought this might be a defensive struggle. And at 54 to 48, it could have been. <laughs> I, I, I think I think I misjudged that just by now. now here I want to I want to clarify what I said. I said everyone was calling for a shootout, which it was. And I was wrong. But I did get the point that I felt like that Georgia would be able to dominate this game and would be able to control this game with their running, which ironically is how they won the game is because they could that second half, they absolutely, you said it right. They dominate. I don't know what adjustments Kirby Smart did, but that that halftime speech or his adjustments with his coaches absolutely flummoxed uh, Oklahoma. They looked like a completely different team. And I, I would say much to my pleasure, I'm no fan of Oklahoma ever since Baker Mayfield planted <laughs> that flag on the 50-yard line at the horseshoe. <laughs> Now, now your pick had been for Georgia to go all the way. Is that still is that still your choice? Oh, absolutely. Now, the 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 beauty of that game was um, that the the second half is what tells me why they have the absolute chance against to to go all the way because Kirby Smart, beyond some other coaches, didn't just keep going and slamming his head into the wall and hoping what he was doing before would get him there, but showing that he made adjustments that were great adjustments um, shows me that. Nick Saban, which everybody puts, they deify and say that he is Mr. Adjustment and can do whatever he wants. I feel like this is the right coach and the right team um, to go all the way. I love Georgia. I mean, yeah. I, I, I really do. I like this team a lot. Well, they're both coached by handsome men. That's not up for debate. Um, <laughs> here, here's something that really shocked me, though. So after, after um, Oklahoma recovered that fumble for a touchdown – I saw this stat on the screen and it was Georgia's first turnover since November 18th. And I'm like, wow, if you got a team that can run the ball and doesn't turn the ball over, man, you're like 80% of the way there. Oh, absolutely. Cause I mean, look, look at what happened to Oklahoma. Um, critical times. I mean, Baker Mayfield threw, I think he threw two interceptions. I, I the one that just put them in a horrible spot was he was getting rushed, which was, I had to bend their, their, um, their adjustment, put pressure on Baker Mayfield, and he tried to float it over, I think it was three different defenders, and that, that interception completely changed the momentum in the second half, too. I mean, turnovers kill. It was an easy pick, too. It was one of those playing oh, center field type. Yes, it wasn't tipped. It was right to him. 
Now, I saw him throw that interception, and immediately I thought, get him a Browns uniform. Because <laughs> he, he will make a great Brown thrown to the other team. A great Brown. That's right. So then let's talk a little bit about Alabama-Clemson. Um, I think we're all a little bit surprised. I, I did suspect Alabama might win this game, but I didn't think they were going to do it in a dominant fashion. What, what went wrong for Clemson? And I, I, I have to say, I am absolutely, I was shocked. I didn't think Alabama, I thought Clemson was going to roll. Not that Alabama's not a good team, but I felt like they, Clemson and, and the way they had, um, their offense had put up a lot of points. Their defense had done what they had to do. They only had one mistake this, the whole year where they lost to a Syracuse team with their starting quarterback had gotten hurt in the first two minutes of the game. I'm like, this is a team that's healthy and ready to go. And wow, Alabama, absolutely. Their defense, I'm not going to say their offense, but their defense absolutely destroyed anything Clemson tried to do. Yeah, I as I watched it, especially in the first half, I, like Clemson gave me that that sense that like the layoff was too long, almost. You know, right? Like they 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 kind of lost their adjustment to the speed of the game and their hunger a little bit. And if there's one thing that Saban is probably pretty good at, it's it's you know this is I think his fourth college football playoff yeah. is getting those teams ready over that long break. Right. He is, he's the type of coach that you give him that kind of time. And it's almost Belichick-esque. He will make sure the game plan, for good or bad, will be ready to go. And, and, and you're right. Clemson did look shocked. And their, their quarterback, uh, Kelly Bryant, I mean, he's a nice game manager. But this was, a, this was a position they needed a quarterback to do more, and he couldn't. Okay. So no. uh, Al- Alabama's actually favored now. They, they're five and a half points uh, favorite on Georgia. You're sticking with the dogs. Are they going to cover that spread? I am. I feel like I feel like Alabama's going to do the same thing they did. They're going to try to do the same thing they did with Clemson, which is basically try to overmatch a young quarterback. And um, well, Georgia has a young quarterback. I believe his name is Fromm. He is a true freshman, but he's not played that way. But I think Alabama's going to try to make him beat them. But the difference between him and Kelly Bryant for Clemson is, I believe, he has a skill set and he can also fall back on two like basically all pro type running backs and their defense can match Alabama's defense. I do believe they'll, they'll cover the spread. I think they'll win by at least seven. Yeah. And just, I mean, think of how much pressure it takes off a young quarterback when you're getting four and five yards on a first down run. Right. And, and in Georgia, you know, they're not, they're not having like the Ohio state dominant Eddie George, 185 yards a game rushing, but when they run, they're getting four and five yards, right? So that when they get to third down, it's third and short, and it's so much more manageable. As they always say, get to a manageable down on third, you know, a manageable yard distance on third down. That's third and four, third and three. That that's that that that's what decimates a defense. You get to third and three and third and four every time, and that defense has to play lockdown every time. It tires you out, and that, that's these two two running backs will tire you out. Well, and the, the other thing that uh, Georgia and Alabama have in common is uh, neither of them played Ohio University this year, and if they did, they would have lost. They would have lost. They both <laughs> have an extra loss. And Ohio, yeah. <laughs> okay, so anything else on the on the championship game that is this coming Monday night? I I, I just feel like I don't know if you remember um, LSU and Alabama it was an All SEC yeah. championship. I want to say two thousand. I'm not. I'm going to throw the year off here because that's who I am. Yeah. But it was one of those games that it was a bad, viewable game. I think this one's going to be a little bit different with Georgia being a little bit more electric. Yeah. But I don't think there's going to be a lot of scoring. Yeah. 
Interesting. So that's a, yeah. the second game in a row with Georgia. You're you're predicting a, a low scoring game. Although I, I really see it. Alabama's yeah. strength is their defense. So <laughs> so this time I, yeah. I can see it playing out. So it'll, it'll probably be sixty two to forty eight. Yeah. So it'll be a great. game. I did read somewhere on the internet today. Someone said, "Well, the first um, All SEC Championship was really the two thousand twelve SEC Championship game." And then someone said, "But the winner of that had to play <laughs> yeah. Notre Dame." And the response was, "Ha ha." <laughs> So <laughs> that's good. So, well, I'll tell you what, uh, give it up for the SEC. They, they did, uh, they do have a lot of good teams. They did. As much as we don't want it to happen, yeah. they do have some nice football teams on their side. All right. Okay. So, yeah. so next Monday night, we'll see if the coach's uh, prediction of Georgia comes through. And we're moving on now. Sports Wednesday is brought to you by Hoopsters. Hoopsters is the greatest basketball-themed board game you've never played. The reason you've never played it, it's not on the market yet. The coach and I invented this game back in 2003, and uh, we are sort of documenting our attempts to actually get this thing built and put out there. Uh, Coach, your assignment for this week was to try and find the rules. I did, and I, uh, I actually found it in an email I sent to you, I believe, seven, maybe five or seven years ago, and I had to do some digging digitally, and I uh, I found it. I found the PDF, that, and, and I was going through the rules this evening. It was fantastic, first of all, when I saw that come across my desk today. First of all, man, I had way too much time on my hands. There's like an agenda on there with like 20 points we had to oh, I know. I know that. So, I was doing a lot of alpha and beta testing. That's right. Now, let me <laughs> and say this. And just looking at the rules, the one thing that jumped out at me right away, having had 15 years off from looking playing the game, is that uh, the three-point line is not drawn, drawn correctly. We need to draw it so that you can have those corner three-point shots. Yes, there's no corner shot. If you can't have a corner shot, what's the point? Yeah. So we'll have to say, now my job was to find the uh, the board game, and I've been down in my basement for about an hour and... Oh, no, 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 no. I was not able to do it. <laughs> let me, let me ask, is there, is there, do you think, do you ever feel like you were close to finding it or are you running out of spots looking for it? Yeah, like I found the, the three tubs that I thought it would be in and it was not in any of those three. So, oh, so it's gotta be yeah, But I think since you found, since, since you found the rules, my, my, I think my next step is to build a new board based on that sketch that's in the, uh in the rules you found. Right. The layout. Yeah. And then I think we can, st- yeah. Oh we yeah. Need to play the game a few times, balance it or whatever, but that'll be the next takeaway. It'll be, um, you look at that layout, see, see how we need to, you know, change it. And I will try and get a board together so that we can at least start playing again and make sure the game is actually fun. Or phase two. All right. Nice. So that means we can move on. Hang on here. Okay, so we've been talking about college football. I just wanted to sneak this in. I know this isn't the entire mock draft that we'll probably be talking about in March and April, but uh, a lot of players have now uh, declared for the draft. Some are still waiting on. The Browns are sitting there at one, the Giants at two, and the Colts at three. If the draft was today, who are they picking? Okay, so the Browns are obviously in desperate need of a quarterback um, for the past three months to almost the whole year, the two names that keep coming up are Sam Darnold from USC and Josh Rosen. And Rosen's already declared he's, well, he has not declared, but they're pretty sure he's coming out and Sam Darnold is still undecided. The Browns right now, they, they want 
to pick um, Sam Darnold, I believe. But if you watch the USC uh, um, Ohio State game and how poorly he played, there's a real good chance he doesn't come out. So that really leaves uh, Rosen. Go ahead. Yeah. No, I was I was just going to say that's what I was reading today. The speculation is he's going to stay. He really did have a crummy game. He really exposed what is weak in his game. He, yeah, he, he looked – all of his deficiencies seemed to come out in, in a 60-minute football game. And as a, as a professional sports scout, if I watched that, I, I would say he needs another year. Um, but I still think – but the other problem is Josh Rosen doesn't want to go to the Browns. He's already come out and say, said he doesn't want to go to the Browns. So what do you do at, at, at number one? You pick him anyway. I think they're going to take Josh Rosen anyway. They need a quarterback. I think the money will turn him. He's going to he's going to understand that you get to play professional football. Sometimes you don't get to pick where you want to play. Yeah, yeah, possible. Or we will draft him. He'll refuse to play, and we'll end up trading him for some <laughs> Brian Hoyer's younger brother. <laughs> you know, we know we know it's the kiss of death, right? And I hate saying it, but God hates Cleveland in this case. If they pick a quarterback. Yes, he really does. Yeah. So let me ask you this. Yeah. And and I just thought of this because Saquon Barkley's coming out. The Browns also had the fourth pick, right? And they could conceivably pick Barkley at one and Mayfield still be there at four. What do you think about that? Oh, Baker Mayfield. That To me, I, I just feel like that's a big, that's just a stretch. Yeah. I just feel like what's different about him besides his, He's a little bit bigger than than Johnny Manziel. I, I feel like he's just another Johnny Manziel. Yeah, he can win in the college game. Yeah, but I yeah. Well, it seems like I don't know. I mean, yeah, with with them saying they're looking at Arnold, they're looking at Rose, and they're really looking for a pocket passer, slightly mobile. Correct. And nobody has brought this name up. He's he's probably a third or fourth round guy. But I watched the LSU Notre Dame game, and I was really impressed with Danny Etling, who's also a big guy, pocket passer doesn't throw a lot of interceptions. Now I know he had some rough times over the course of this year, but to me, he's my dark horse quarterback in this draft. All right. I, I like that. The only difference with um, the only reason why I don't see the Browns waiting that deep is because we've done that two or three years. Well, we did last year with Deshaun Kaiser. Mm-hmm. And I, I think now they have to make a, uh, they have to make a quarterback pick in the top, one of the top four picks. And if Ro- Rosen and, Arnold are out there. They're not going to be around there in the second or third pick. Um, and I feel like Barkley, which like you were talking about, I, you, Giants sitting at number two, I think the Giants, if Rosen's available, they'll take Rosen. Yeah. If Rosen's not available, then they're going to take Barkley. Yeah. And then how about the Colts? Do you, do you so, see who they're taking third overall? The Colts, I think, I think the Colts are going to go ahead and go with defense. Their defense is has been putrid for the past three or four yeah. years. They're going to take, I think they're going to take Bradley Chubb. He's a big old defensive end, very similar to Miles Garrett, uh, very mobile. He is a can't-miss pick, Yeah, um, and I see them going to smart pick there with Bradley Chubb. Yeah. A couple other defenders uh, that look good, uh, Raycon Smith, who's on Georgia. What a game he had. Wow, I was impressed with him oh. against Oklahoma. And then he was all over the place. Yeah, and then uh, and I wanted to ask you about this. Denzel Ward, who's a Ohio State cornerback, uh, declared for the draft, and he chose not to play in the bowl game. Uh, and actually about 14 players have done this where they declare for the draft. And then because the bowl game's not a playoff game, it's meaningless for them. 
opt not to do that. Some people feel like, hey, you got to see see through your commitment to the team. The announcers kept referring to this as a business decision. And I agree. I think the kid's looking at a, a $10 million payday. I think he's done his bit for the university. If, if, it, if OSU was in the playoff, it's a different story for me. But in this game against USC, I, I, it didn't bother me at all that he chose to sit. Oh, I, I wholeheartedly agree. I mean, I know there was some there was some fans saying that, you know, you're not a true Buckeye if you don't play in that bowl. But, I mean, you're also talking about people that, that are not in the same financial position as this guy. One bad knee. He blows his knee out. Yeah. He may not even get drafted compared to the where he's going to make millions. I, I have no problem with that. Yeah. yeah. Zero problem. Yeah. Uh, and, and you think about it, too. I mean, some people are like, well, he got a, a scholarship the amount of that scholarship versus the value he gives to the university on that football team are just not comparable, right? So they've gotten their money back. Let's just put it. They've gotten their money back tenfold. Yeah, they sure have. Alrighty. So let's uh, move on to the NFL. This will be the first time we've discussed the NFL on sports Wednesday. So I'm super excited. A weird weekend for the wild card that ended up with Cincinnati knocks the Ravens out of the wild card and the Buffalo Bills make the playoffs for the first time in 19 years, which that seems weird since when we grew up, they were always in the playoffs, right? Oh, they're always in the playoffs, always in the Super Bowl, and always losing. So how do you want to do this? You want to just walk through the games or you want to say, yeah, uh, yeah, okay, we'll start then with the Titans and the Chiefs. Uh, You know, the Chiefs are seven and a half point favorites. Uh, You know, much like the Bengals, they're this team that just always gets eliminated in the division round. (laughs) That's just their job. <laughs> they're very I good. I think at they're going to beat the Titans, but I think that's as far as they go. How about you? I, I do too. I, and this is a tale of two different teams: the Titans limping in, basically losing their last three, and the Chiefs, who went through a rough patch after starting six and zero, finished the season four and zero. I think the Chiefs handled the Titans. The Titans really—I was really surprised. They backed in kind of the, to the playoff too. I think the Chiefs win. I think they cover easy too. I think they win by at least ten. Um, you're right though. This is as far as it goes. They win and they get a pat on the back and that's, that's the rest of their trip. Yeah. I think it, whether it's Pittsburgh or, or new England, either of those teams could beat them. Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah pick a team. Yeah. Okay. So then, uh, Fal- Definitely. now this one's interesting. Falcons had the Rams. The Rams won 11 games this year, surprising everybody. They got a first year head coach and the Falcons we're minutes away from winning last year's Super Bowl, right? So I think this the Rams are six-point <laughs> right. favorites, but I think this is probably one of the closest games that we're going to see this weekend. Uh, I, I would I would plug this as, as if you were going to stay out of the, the four games, which game would you say, if you had to sit down and watch one, which one would be the most intriguing? It's this one. Um, only because the Falcons, I feel like the Rams had a fantastic season. in paper. On paper, they're six-point favorites. But I still feel like if the Falcons can get it going, um, I really like the Falcons. I like the Falcons taking the inexperienced Rams, um, new coach, first time in playoffs, first time he has to handle the pressure. Um, If they at all are losing, it's going to be something they've never had to do in a situation like that. And I like the Falcons here. Yeah. I, you know, I definitely like the Falcons with the points. I know Matt Ryan's going to keep it close no matter what. So Absolutely. So the Bills are playing the uh, Jaguars, which who are apparently are a football team from Jacksonville, Florida. <laughs> Go figure. <laughs> um, the Jags are seven and a half point favorites, despite having Blake Bortles calling <laughs> their plays under center. <laughs> so I, I don't know what to do with this. I feel like the Bills got a huge boost. I feel like they're primed. And if there's an upset on the card, I think this might be it. The only problem 
is both of these teams both rely strongly on the run. Uh, LaShawn McCoy uh, basically headlines their running game in Buffalo, and then you've got uh, Fournette, who's absolutely, I think, the offensive rookie of the year. Um, they both yeah. run the ball. McCoy is hurt. He does have a bad ankle, and, and this is a guy that relies not on running through you but around you, um, and that could change a lot of things because um, – I believe it's Tyrod Taylor that's still playing for uh, that's been benched twice in Buffalo, but is yeah. by default he's their quarterback. Um, yeah. and I I feel like the Jags are going to win this. I don't know. Seven and a half points is a lot of points. I'd yeah. say the Jags win, but they don't cover. Yeah, yeah. I well, uh, we'll we'll split. We'll we'll agree to disagree on I this. I think the spirit of Jim Kelly and and Marv Levy is going to just yeah and. Because I just learned today that Jacksonville had a football team, this is certainly not it's all new that much you. of a story. That's right. Okay, so then the last game, Panthers-Saints. Now, uh, probably about two months ago, I went back and looked at our text threads, and I just asked you who you thought would be in the Super Bowl, and you were picking the Saints at that point. Uh, they're five-and-a-half-point favorites, which I think is a little low. I think the Saints are going to win this game, and they're going to win it walking away. I a 1,000% agree. I love the Saints. I feel like they... Um, and I feel the same way I did when we were going through those texts. Um, I, I feel like they roll the Panther, Panthers. They swept them through the, the regular season. They're playing at home. That Saints crowd loves their Saints. And this feels like a year that the Saints Saints could be a very strong um, a strong pick. I feel, I feel like in the, in the NFC, it's the one team that I believe can beat either the Patriots or the Steelers because I feel like that's almost a foregone conclusion. I love the Saints here, and I, I think they cover. I think it's a double-digit win. Nice. Picking the Saints, double-digit win. For those of you who are Cleveland Browns fans, I'm sorry to tell you that the Browns have been mathematically eliminated from the playoffs. They're perfect 0-16 team. I don't know if you watched the Browns-Steelers game. You know, we, we really made a run at it at the end. And then, you know, oh, who dropped that pass on the 10? It was Coleman. It was Coleman. Yeah, Coleman. In his defense, it hit him right in the hands. It really did. And, it, you know, that's the worst place you want to pass to go is your hands. That's right. So, oh. all righty. So, just a reminder that... Sports Wednesday is brought to you by Hoopsters. If you're interested in learning when Hoopsters comes to market, head to hoopsters.store and drop us your email address and we'll keep you in the know. You can also head to sportswednesday.com, click on newsletter and subscribe there. I'm telling you, this game is, it's just, it's life-changing. It's a life-changing game. That's how good it is. And now that we found the rules we wrote in 2003, I really feel good about um, these commercials. Oh, I... I... Yes. Now that we actually know how to play the game and we remember how to play the game, it really brings a lot of more, a uh, lot more uh, credibility to what we're doing here. Yeah. Nice. And uh, I think that the the agenda that was with the rules you found was like for April 11th. What we were we had. A... <laughs> so we're just running 15 years and four months behind. Years. April 11th, 2003, was when we were going to have the first <laughs> rollout. We're a little bit behind. Nice. All right. So be sure to check out hoopsters.store to, to um, learn when Hoopsters comes to market, which I'm, I'm totally sure is going to happen. Oh, it'll be within 15 years. All right. That was a good times. Okay, so now we're, we've come to Act 3. Um, we are running a little long this week, but we're still okay. Act 3, our locks of the week. Coach, we, we both lost it this past weekend, right? Oh. Your lock of the week was sent, um, Auburn oh. over Central Florida. 
first of all, let's just give it up for Central Florida. Central Florida. We were both like, they're a mid-major, they are undefeated, but this is a new class of competition, and they just fought like heck to win that game. Oh, they absolutely. And, and somebody made a good point as I was listening to the radio. They're like, it's tough when you're Auburn when three weeks ago they thought they were, or, sorry, two weeks at the end of the season, they thought they might be playing in the playoffs, and now they're playing Central Florida. But then Central Florida is like, we got everything to win because we get to play Auburn. I didn't put that into play at all. Um, and Auburn yeah. didn't come to play, and Central Florida absolutely did. You give it up to them. They played really well. And I was wrong. It reminded me, re- reminded me a lot of 1998 when Kansas State lost in the Big 12 title game, and they oh. thought they'd go to the national championship, yes. but they ended up going to the Alamo Bowl and lost to a Drew Brees-led Purdue, Purdue. Weathermakers. Yeah. yeah. They, were, they were not. Yeah, so. that was not good. I know, I know our listeners love it when I compare what happens today to something that happened at Kansas State in the 90s. <laughs> They're a huge Kansas State Wildcat fan. <laughs> That's right. Now, of the two of us, I was a little closer. I thought LSU was going to beat Notre Dame. I only had two and a half points. They lost by three. Notre Dame won, actually, at the end of that game. Well, good good for the Irish. They, they impressed me. Uh, beating LSU, and uh, I'm not sure about Ed Orgeron as a coach, to be honest. You know, no, if you put he... in a, a pre a prevent defense, you know, which well, you've been aggressive the whole game, and LSU's a speed team, and then switching to that prevent, and, and Notre Dame just picked it apart in like three plays. Yeah, that's that's the difference between him and uh, Les Miles. Les Miles, the gunslinger, would have never ever taken his foot off the gas. He would actually try to have done crazy stuff which people loved when it worked. But Ogeron, I think he's got a short shelf life there. They loved him. He's a nice interim coach. He's, he's Coach O, but I, I say within three years, they're, they're looking for a big name again there. Yeah. So we, uh, we kicked off both 0-1 on our locks of the week. Uh, this week's locks have to come from the wild card games. I'm going to pick the Saints. I know we've talked about this earlier, but I want to make sure I got that in first. <laughs> yeah. Yes, I knew you were going to go there. I heard you right, talking. So. And I'm like, he's he's going with the Saints. All right, so I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with the Chiefs over the Titans. I'm gonna I'm gonna go out there. I was I was thinking the Jags, but I think I'm gonna go to the Chiefs. Nice. And 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 uh, next week you'll get to pick the lock of the week first. Uh, fair game. That's I love how that. Yeah, I love that. Okay. Nice. Very good. So that brings us here to hang on trivia. Okay, uh, Coach, we both were over one on trivia last week. Last week was a rough week for us, as I look at it. <laughs> we were over across the board. Now, do you want to ask your question first or receive a question first? Let's switch it, because I think I asked it first last time, so I'll go ahead and I'll receive it first. All right, good. So we've been talking about college players, Heisman Trophy winners. Nine Heisman Trophy winners have played for the Cleveland Browns, and I want you to name four of them to get the point. Okay, nine. I'm going to say uh, Charles White was one of them. Um, the other Heisman Trophy winner was, oh, shoot. Um, wow, now, these I'm are just, liking. they played for the Browns. They weren't, they weren't necessarily drafted by the Browns, but at some but point in their career, they played for the Browns. Okay, so Charles White... Um, Wow, my blanking hard. Oh, uh, Ty Detmer, and then okay. um, and then I want to say, oh, Bernie Kozar, and I think I just got it wrong. Nope, that's that's definitely. Hang on here. There we go. <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. Um, okay, so uh, you, here's how bad you blanked. 
RG3 and Johnny Manziel. Oh my gosh, they're just that shows you where I'm at. Are sitting there. Ty Detmer was good. I wasn't sure if you'd get that. Vinny Testaverde oh, uh, won the Heisman, but not Bernie yeah. Kosar. Uh, and of course, back in the old days, in Hopalong Cassidy and Les Horvath. Uh, oh, I love Horvath. But the, but the ninth one, I love this. And if you had gotten this, I would have given you a bonus point. Rashan Salam from Colorado we had played for, for the Browns second. for two games in 1999. He had one carry for two yards. <laughs> if I'd have gotten that one, absolutely should have been a bonus point. Rashan that was Salam. much like. Yeah, that was like Bogut's career with the cl- with the Cavs. Yeah, one minute. <laughs> oh Just jumping God. now between NFL and Cleveland Cavaliers because that Kansas State stuff I'm a little thin on. <laughs> All right, Coach, what do you got? Uh, for you're me ready. Now? Okay, Let's see so if we- we'll do a little um, uh, wild card trivia. 1999. I don't know if you remember. Was the uh, Buffalo Bills Titans. Uh, miracle in Music City. If, if you remember that, the Frank Wycheck throw over. Okay. At the, so that was an AFC playoff game, and that was the last time the Buffaloes were in the AFC playoffs. Can you name the team? It was also their last time they appeared in an AFC playoff game. AFC playoff game. It's, was it Seattle Seahawks? There you go. Well done. <laughs> you did it. Because two years later, they switched to the NFC. That was well done. Yeah, that was uh, that's the only team I can think of that switched leagues. Have there been others? No, that's it. That's yeah, it. Nice. Well done. All right. So well, I'm now one and one on trivia, Coach. You're still zero and two, but that's okay. You're still a subject matter expert in my heart. <laughs> <laughs> so I want to end. I want to end. I want to just say random take on anything that's happening in the sports world. I think this would be a, a new way that we can um, sort of wrap up the show each week. Yeah. Yeah, my random take basically is the bowl, bowl, the bowl season, it's way too long. I'm done with it. I'm bored with it. We have too many teams that play in places like Montgomery, Alabama, Mobile, Alabama, Frisco, Texas. I mean, do we really need to play those bowls? It's time to change the system. Make it a playoff. Make it a play-in for mid-majors. Do something. But the, the bowl system is just so watered down. I, I, I don't enjoy it at all. It feels like a money grab and, and for betters. Well, I'll tell you what, uh, I, I appreciate that take. What I what really gets me is like I was watching the um, semi-tart cherry juice Boca Raton Bowl, <laughs> yeah. which is a real thing yeah. that uh, Akron, the Akron Zips were in it, I think, against Florida Atlantic. Um, and the announcers would say things like, with 127 yards, he set a new semi-sweet chart cherry juice Boca Raton Bowl history. <laughs> and I was like... There's no Boca Raton Bowl history. There's no record book. <laughs> it started today. It just if it's happened. Not printed on pa- yeah, if it's not being printed on paper, it doesn't count for me. Oh, those announcers, they're selling it. Yep. Well, uh, my last thing, if you're listening to this on Wednesday, uh, the Cavaliers are playing the Celtics Wednesday night. That's uh, LeBron James against Kyrie Irving. I think it'd be a good game to check out. And uh, if I'm not mistaken, the Celtics were one of the three teams that the coach thought might possibly unseat the Cavs uh, in the East this year. Any thoughts on that game? Yeah, I I believe that one is, uh, I think the Celtics will take it, um, but I think it's going to be a great game. I think the Celtics are ready to take them tonight or tomorrow night. Yeah, the I didn't want to say the Cavs have lost four in a row. Yes, they have. Um, right now, yeah, not sure what's good. They're scuffling right now, and, and Thomas Isaiah Thomas just came back tonight. 
That's right. So we'll really start to, there'll be a period of adjustment once he gets worked into the offense, but then we'll see if this mixture really is as good as we, we think it's going oh, to be. Oh, it needs to be. All right, Coach. Well, another good show. How do you think it went? Oh, I think it went great. I think it went great. I'm, I'm enjoying the, uh, the different topics that keeps me, uh, keeps me into it. Nice. Well, and uh, we will try and get you a microphone too, and we can work out some of these issues. But the important thing is we are, uh, we got hoopsters back on track after a 15 year, four month <laughs> Only 15 years. hiatus. That's right. So, okay. Sports Wednesday is a Blue Monkey Communications production and features me, Pete Brown and basketball legend, Matt Longley. Check us out every Wednesday for the right amount of sports talk in the middle of your week. Some music on today's show is courtesy of the websites audionautics.com and freesound.org and is licensed under Creative Commons. To stay up to date on new episodes and on the development of the basketball-themed board game Hoopsters, head to hoopsters.store or sportswednesday.com and leave us your email address. I'm Pete Brown for basketball legend Matt Longley. Until next week, good times, everybody.